What's up, Gator Nation? Welcome back to the All Things Gators podcast. I'm Kai Chahan. Um, I know it's been a while since the last one. I think it's been uh, two, three months at least. Uh, but I've just been really busy with school and work and just life. So uh, I'm going to be trying to post more often now, um, both on Instagram and on the podcast. Uh, but with that being said, let's get going. Today on the All Things Gators podcast, we're going to be talking about football season in review. Uh, about, we're going to talk about Felipe Franks transferring. I'm going to give you my top five quarterbacks in the SEC. We'll talk a little bit about recruiting. And then we'll also look at basketball. We'll look back at the Auburn game from Saturday and the upcoming schedule with uh, LSU game tomorrow at LSU, and then number one Baylor coming into Gainesville on Saturday. So I thought we could just first touch on the football season in review. Um, Gators capped off a great 10-2 and season with a win in the Orange Bowl against the Virginia Cavaliers. And I know going into that game, people thought that it was going to be an easy win for the Gators, that we we're going to blow Virginia out. And I'll be honest, I was one of those people who thought that but I think that was just because of the Clemson game prior to the Orange Bowl in the um, ACC championship. And I think that just goes to show how good of a team Clemson really is of the beating they put down on Virginia. So, I mean, Virginia is a very good team, and uh, I think the Gators did beat a very good team, even though Virginia's record may not reflect that, but still a great win for the Gators. Also, I thought Trask played a decent game, not one of his best, but obviously Michael Pirine shined and his last game as a Gator as well as Van Jefferson. And I thought we saw a glimpse into the future of Kyir Elam and the stud that he's going to be going forward. Um, he did a great job of filling in for C.J. Henderson. So I think there's a lot to look forward to next season, especially with the favorable schedule that we have next year. I believe that Florida could easily win another 10 games, and I, honestly, I could see us winning 11, even 12. But we'll go into that in um, another episode later on down the road, closer to the season. But for right now, I wanted to go ahead and do something fun and just talk about the top five quarterbacks in the SEC going into 2020. Um, I've seen this all around the internet of people's top five. And honestly, I think the top five, they could go in any order. This is just mine. Number one, I have Kyle Trask just because, I mean, the weapons that he has at wide receiver coming back, and you saw what he did this year with just a mediocre offensive line. So that's going to come back. The Most of the offensive line is coming back. And um, – so he's going to have more time to throw. He has the weapons. He has Trayvon Grimes, Kadarius Tony, Jacob Copeland, Kyle Pitts, all those guys. So I think uh, Trask is going to put up great numbers next year, and I think will be um, a dark horse for the Heisman. Um, number two, I have Mac Jones of Alabama. Um, also, I have him high because of the weapons that he has around him. Now I know they're losing – Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, and Devontae Smith, I believe, but they do have Jalen Waddle coming back. Um, and they might have Devontae Smith coming back, but still, 
the talent that you have at wide receiver and the skill positions at Alabama, even if you're not a great quarterback, your stats are going to look good just because of the playmakers you have around you. So I have Mac Jones at number two um, on the at, on my list. Number three, I have Kellen Mond, a veteran in the SEC. I think he's, there's been a few mediocre seasons at Texas A&M, and that is because they've had tough games that they've played in a t- like tough schedule. But this year, their schedule is significantly easier, and I think it's going to be a good time for Texas A&M to capitalize on that, and I could see them winning 10 games this year. Um, so I have uh, Kellen Mond at three. Number four, I have Felipe Franks of Arkansas, who just today announced that he'd be transferring there. I think there's a really good fit for him. Arkansas, I know um, they were doing a few quarterbacks last year, but none of them were very good. And obviously they went two and nine last year. So honestly, it's only up from there. And I think Felipe being a veteran in the SEC uh, will be able to help the guys around him. And for that reason, I have at number four. But like I said earlier, I could see Felipe being number one or number two um, just because of his experience. Uh, but we'll see how that goes. And then number five, I have uh, Jamie Newman, the transfer from Wake Forest on Georgia. Um Yes, he was playing against lesser competition, and yes, his stats weren't amazing, but just the fact that he's a pure athlete, and I just think he's going to thrive in that um, atmosphere in Georgia with the players he has around him, with George Pickens, with um, with all the other skilled players that they have around him. So for that reason, I have him at number five. So just to recap, my top five is Kyle Trask, Mac Jones, Kellen Mond, Felipe Franks, and Julie. And uh, I'm sorry, Jamie Newman. Uh, also, um, another name that could be an honorable mention is uh, the Ole Miss quarterback Plumley, I believe. John Ryan Plumley, I believe. Um, we saw glimpses of what he could do last year against LSU. So I think that could be another name that could go anywhere on the list. But um, that's just another name to watch out for. All right. Um, One last topic I wanted to touch on before we get into basketball was recruiting. Um, The first period, uh, the early signing period, passed by about a month ago. And obviously there were not too many surprises uh, I think we all expected everybody who committed. Recently, we got uh, Xavier Henderson, the little brother of Chris Henderson, CJ Henderson, uh, who obviously just um, entered the NFL draft um, in a position of need at wide receiver. Um, but with the late signing period coming up, a couple names that I would like to see Florida go out and get, who I think have a realistic shot at getting, is uh, my, my number one would be Zach Evans. I believe he's number five in the nation overall player, five-star running back, um, especially that's a position of need. Um, if you have Damian Pierce and um, Malik Davis, but 
uh, you know, they brought in they brought in Nacon right next uh, this past year, and uh, you know we didn't really see anything special out of him. So I think it would just be good to have an extra running back on the roster, and just somebody who can uh, be a good option even next year as a freshman. So that's my number one, who who I think we have a realistic shot at getting, but we could really use him. Number two is Avante Williams. He is a um, defensive back, four-star. Um, I believe he was committed to Oregon for a while, um, but decommitted, and I think we could really use him, and um, he would fit uh, Todd Grantham's scheme really well, obviously. Um, and then my other player who I would love to see Florida go out and get is actually a transfer, uh, the wide receiver Justin Shorter from uh, Penn State, who entered his name in the transfer portal a couple months ago. Um, I know Florida got a few crystal balls on 24-7 sports for Shorter, and I think we can get him. Uh, And and I think if you add him uh, to the wide receiver core, that's just going to make that group even more dangerous. Um, And I think it would be just as good as this past year. So those are a few names who I think that uh, would really help this class, but we also have a realistic shot at getting. So now I wanted to just take a quick moment and look at uh, basketball. Um, obviously, this team was um, had high expectations coming into the season, being ranked six in the polls, but soon dropping out. Um, and you saw the inconsistency earlier on in the year, but I think recently this past week we've seen more consistently uh, more consistency on the offensive and defensive side of the ball with uh, Florida averaging um, upwards of 70 plus points a game in the past in the past five six games even the game against Missouri um, they played a great game against the number four team in the country Auburn who is a great defensive team but also a great offensive team, and they held them to 44 points, I believe, and still scored 70 against them. So great all-around performance there. Um, This weekend, we have Baylor coming into town, a great team, number one team in the country. It'll be interesting to see um, how the Gators will play against them. And also a game that should not be overlooked is LSU on Tuesday. Uh, LSU is a great team who um, they've been ranked in and out of the polls, but um, definitely not a team to sleep on. Um, also, LSU is 4-0 in the SEC and the top of the uh, division and uh, number one. So if Florida can win, they can take first place. And if Kentucky wins, it'll be Florida-Kentucky at number one. So it'll be... Um, Interesting to see what happens there. All right, so that's going to go ahead and wrap up today's episode. Um, once again, I'm going to try to start uh, posting these podcasts more often on a more regular basis. Uh, in the future, we're going to uh, take a close dive into Florida basketball and the heart of SEC season. Um, we'll look more back into detail with the Florida football season and also look ahead. Um, But 
yeah, that's basically, that's it. Um, once again, thank you guys for watching and go Gators.